Then, 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 then. Welcome to the Healthy Conscience Podcast, where a healthy conscience helps you be health conscious. My name is Lynn Lay. I am a registered dietitian, and today I have with me Mr. Vince Horiuchi, also known as my husband. That's me. That is you. So I thought it would be interesting. So Vince has told me that I'm kind of bad at explaining what I do and just like introducing myself as a registered dietitian and explaining what I do as a dietitian. So I thought it would be kind of fun if Vince go aheads and go aheads aheads and describe what I do or introduce myself and I'll introduce him. Okay. Uh, Lynn, make sure kids get enough nutrients so they survive. (laughs) So without Lynn in your life in the hospital, you could have a lot of serious problems. She goes in and fixes your diet orders. She makes sure that you get the nutrients that you need. If you're like starving, she's going to make sure you leave happy. And she's going to make sure that your body gets all the things that make it grow and repair itself. And uh, if she's not there, then you will shrivel up into a little raisin. (laughs) And, uh, you know, you'll leave malnourished. And we prevent that. Oh, and also the most important part is she gives you education so that you can live whatever with whatever issue that you're going through in the most healthy way and sustainable way. Yes. So to clarify, I work at a children's hospital as a registered dietitian, as a clinician there. But everything Vince said is a very um, simple way of explaining what I do. in my daily work and did i mention she's the best dietitian (laughs) that i know yes that he knows because he really doesn't know that many i know like five no (laughs) okay but they're all pretty good too they are you're the best (laughs) i think vince has a little bit of a bias but that's a little bit about me that's what i do um there's a lot more to what I do as a dietitian, but I think that was a good enough intro. I want to introduce Vince and what he does every day. He rolls around on the floor. He mops the floor with his back, his nope. legs, his bum. Not with me. I mean, he. I've graduated he makes from kids that. do this. Yeah. So Vince, I go into cafeterias <laughs> and I tell kids to roll around the Mop floor, the floor, and save the janitor some <laughs> some time. Yes. So Vince technically is a break dancer. What's the uh, correct it's term? Breaking. I'm sorry, homie. So Vince is a breaker. I mean, he teaches breaking to the community. He goes into schools every single day, teaches at least four to six classes a day, and he teaches out of variety of different schools. He teaches the most recent one that I know of, um, the most unique one that I know of is that he taught high school students, which has been kind of like several years since he's taught high school students. Yeah. For well, the most part, you usually teach like third graders to sixth graders. Well, in, in Sacramento, it was like everything. Mm-hmm. But since we've, we've lived down here, it's been four years. Uh, I've only taught elementary school. True. So shout out to Sacramento where Vince is from and I'm from Stockton. Stockton. Oh, nine. Are you out of your mind? <laughs> But um, so Vince does this every day where he teaches kids a type of art form so that they can enrich their lives with something new. And his art form is breaking. Yeah. And the, the pro just to clarify, the program is 
called Universal. The whole goal of it is to basically bring art or hip hop into uh, into schools, into public schools. So it's arts education, public schools. It's a movement that um, is going around all over right now, but uh, we are definitely pushing it um, a lot. And um, we've, we've definitely, we started off uh, in the city of Santa Clarita. We've expanded throughout the Los Angeles area now. Nice. So you say hip hop, and then I don't know if anybody heard, but I started to go... Oh, dang. Yeah, <laughs> are you a beatboxer? Do you guys, I didn't, this is an honest question. Do you guys do like, like, um, is it verbal? What do you call that? Rapping? MCing? I know, but like, because you do like a physical movement. Oh, so we, we specialize in hip hop dance. Dance, oh, okay. So there's me teaching breaking, there's a guy teaching house dancing, there's someone teaching popping. So Street dancing, basically. Street dancing, take it to the streets. Yeah. So and what? I, I was just gonna say, it, I think it's something that it's it's definitely is relatable for a lot of the communities we work in, or um, a lot of the kids uh, really connect to it mm-hmm. in a positive way. Um, uh, Verse not to put any other programs down, but there's sometimes other dances that will come into these communities, and the kids are just like, not this again. <laughs> I used to be one of those dance forms. So Vince and I, when we were in Sacramento, uh, Vince also taught breaking up there. I taught cultural dancing. So I taught like Vietnamese dance and after school programs to enrich these kids with different types of cultures. And literally, I was the dance form that people would roll their eyes up like, oh, we have to do this again. <laughs> but then sometimes, I mean, some of the kids were like, yay, Miss Lynn is here. <laughs> but that wasn't always the case. I mean, it's kind of, it's funny too, because like, I mean, this is the case everywhere I've taught, but like you go into a school, uh, you kind of got to know your demographic and you got to be able to connect to the kids in, in some way. But like, there's sometimes people will bring like I, I don't know what's a crazy dance you could think of like crumping, no oh, kid like kids could like most kids can relate to street dance because it's something they see on TV they see on uh, on YouTube and mm-hmm. all these so they have some type of connection they've heard hip hop music before there's some type of connection to it but when sometimes like say if you brought like when I was a kid. Uh, the t- the PE teacher taught square dancing, <laughs> and we're like, man, we ain't we ain't squares. We ain't I, trying to do a square. I dancing. actually enjoyed square dancing. I didn't, so and, and we were about. like kind of afraid of girls too. So we're like, I don't want to link arms with this girl. Let's keep in a circle. <laughs> so yeah, I mean, like first for me, like when we learned square dancing, I was like, man, this is for squares. We we ain't square bears. You a square. You was a square bear. You liked square dancing. <laughs> I did. <laughs> I thought it was. Okay, so I'm very. Um, so when Vince tries to teach me dancing or anything like that. She's really good. No, I'm not. You should watch our video <laughs> on YouTube. <laughs> That's right. I'm a pro She did to a Jay. coin drop. I did a coin drop. It might be like the best coin drop you've ever it seen. It might just be a roll. but <laughs> Yeah, No. It's a coin drop. Oh, okay. Don't take that back. But okay, okay, okay. Vince will teach me, like, t- or maybe not Vince, but, like, in the past, we've been together for a little over 11 years now, but I've learned a lot of, like, things, and I've tried to take classes, but when it's technical to the point where it's, like, do this, like, I'm a very technical person, so they'll say, step, 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 
step, step. Uh And then when they actually do it, they kind of just smooth into a step. So they go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. But then it's actually one and two, and then it skips something. It they do an extra movement or they do like a smoothing of it. Yeah, all they blend it together. And I'm kind of the person who will be like, "No, you said one, two, three, four, five. That's why square dancing was really enticing to me, even as a kid, because I was like, "I'm doing it right. It's one, two, three." Four, five, six. Now turn around. I don't know if that's the right. That just sounded really boring. <laughs> <laughs> no, it doesn't. But you know what? What you're talking about it is a it's a skill that you uh, that you have to train in your brain. It's like um, learning how to like memorizing a song. Like mm. if you're just you've you sang songs before, so if you're trying to memorize a song, like. You have to listen to it so many times and hear it and actually sing it also. Yeah. Like you can't just hear it and then sing it. You have to actually practice singing it. So same thing with dancing. It's all repetition. Is that what you do all the time when you're mm. driving, practicing your singing? It, it is. <laughs> it is. Vince can throw down on karaoke. Yeah, in a in a very negative way. No, I'm, I think it's entertaining. A lot of people are entertaining. smiling. Yeah, key word is entertaining. <laughs> hey. You have a good old time. All right. Well, yeah. Thank you. You're welcome. I'm going to drop an album now. You should. I will. So you're saying that dancing is kind of like a free flowing where you kind of go into the movement like you are taught the technical way, but then you got to keep practicing it to be able to do the flows. Well, I think what you're what you're referencing is like choreography. If you were to do choreography, it's there's like a process and then you have to learn. It's like a learning process, too, because to learn to do those steps in that order is not just ding 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 it's like ding 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 ding, ding, ding right oh wow so it gets it gets complicated but why what did I, I teach, think of a heartbeat <laughs> you did i don't know i thought of like a heart rate monitor thingy thing thing oh machine. yeah yeah so it, it would be like that like well actually no it's not no, it's if not. your heart beats like that you're probably dying or something something's happening yeah but yeah, yeah. Uh, what i teach is different my my stuff what i teach is like for the kids that like maybe have trouble with that, mm-hmm. like that would kid. be me. Okay, well then you're perfect for breaking. Then no wonder why I did the no coin wonder, drop. Yeah, so no well. wonder you'd be doing coin drops everywhere. Because <laughs> what I teach is like how to be yourself as a dancer. Nice. Right? And not every dancer is like this. Ding, 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 ding. That's Some dancers are not me. Ding, 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 all over the place, right? Depends so on my mood. I teach like I, from day one. I'm like um. Like telling kids, I'm not teaching you guys how to dance like me, like your mom, like your dad, your teacher, anybody. You're here to dance like yourself. Yeah. And then in that, in the underlying lesson is that, hey, kids, it's okay to be yourself. Nice. You don't got to look like me. You don't got to mm-hmm. look like that guy on TV. Mm-hmm. Look like yourself and it's completely cool. It's actually better than looking like that guy on TV. What's interesting is that I do that when I do like nutrition counseling where I tell them you're going to find your own style and your own way of eating healthy. Mm. I can't give you everything because they're, everyone eats differently. Yeah. So I try to figure out, well, what's your style of eating? What is your cultural foods? What do you do? I can give you this whole like meal pattern but you have to figure it out yourself to put in your own types of food so that's kind of cool because that's like freestyle oh yeah like freestyle dance cooking freestyle food that's true though because like you could like you could um 
I don't know. Like there, you can you can make a a meal, uh, like template for people. Yeah. But like, for example, like Asian people are not going to make food the same way as Mexican people. Nope. Mexican people are not going to make the I same mean, both is very uh, food good. as like French people. Right. Everyone's going to have their own like flavors. Flavors. Yes. And, and that's the same as dancing. We all got to sing old flavors. Oh my gosh. Eating is like freestyle dancing. Yeah. Nutrition is like freestyle dancing. Yeah. You all got your different flavors, but it all comes into one oh, to yeah. make your own style. So if you Vietnamese, you making like a bun cool oh. or a pho. Oh, okay. But if you like, what other flavor you like, Vince? For Vietnamese food? No, it could be anything. Um, I don't know. Uh, I like a chili pepper. <laughs> Why did you get an accent with that? I don't know. (laughs) How do you say chili pepper? Chili pepper? But doesn't it sound better if I say chili pepper? Yeah, it does. It does. (laughs) Well, yo, I just wanted to take a commercial break to say shout out to our sponsor, Coffee. Coffee. Yay. Brought to you by me and Lynn. Cheers. Vince could drink it first while we enjoy this cup of coffee together. That's something that we um, do often, too. We make coffee together we uh uh try to actually go explore coffee shops but um it's actually really cool because we uh were into coffee like drinking coffee and then we got actually into making our own coffee so this is actually called a chemex pour over for those of you that are not watching the video vince is pointing at a little coffee apparatus thing it's like a little funnel it's a it looks like a chemistry like experiment it looks like two um is it erlenmeyer flasks i I think so i don't remember i've not taken a science class in a long time but um yes dietitians take a lot of science classes a lot of chemistry a lot of what biology for those who don't know what can you tell us what is a dietitian besides like keeping people alive Okay, so let me just break it down into like the three types of dietitians that you can have. Mm. But this is just very basic. There's so much more you can do. Um, The three branches of dietetics would be food service where you're doing like management and like making sure that the food is safe for people to eat, making sure that they're getting proper amounts of nutrition. So you see a lot of dietitians within like, um, like, big food corporations Mm -hmm. and they're managing like food safety like okay well does this follow regulation so like for regulation i mean like uh, one of the things is like school nutrition services Uh, so there's a dietitian there that will make sure okay well this kid um these kids need to have this much calories now i know there's a lot of slack on like school nutrition and mm -hmm. like uh media like portrays school nutrition as terrible but what you need to think about for these kids who um are in schools for the most part the government is trying to protect mainly the kids that are underprivileged and underserved and so what the dietitians have to do is they get a budget they're told you have to provide the kid with at least two-thirds of their calorie needs daily Mm -hmm. and this is all i'm going to give you i'm not going to give you any more money But you have to make sure that they're getting at least, let's say they need 1,500 calories a day. You need to make sure that you provide them with 1,000 calories at school because who knows if they're going to be able to eat at home. Mm. So that's the biggest thing that 
you we have to do as dietitians like people are like oh would they give them like pizza chicken nuggets hamburgers yes that is part of it but you don't realize that part of the school system they also have built in where the kids are required to pick at least one serving of vegetable one serving of fruit one dairy and those all play into overall nutrition and i know there's a lot of controversy controversy over dairy but dairy is a major source of nutrition for children mm-hmm. and especially they're growing bones and all that stuff so you that's what's kind of cool though wah. so you know how like like you were saying like uh a lot of uh school food gets a lot of heat because people are like oh why are they feeding these kids this nasty stuff mm-hmm. and, and granted like some schools it still is like some not so good looking stuff but um there's a couple districts i work for mm-hmm. that they cook their food in-house and like um you could tell like the some of these um kitchen ladies they be getting down in the kitchen because they they make some uh pretty good food like there's this the school i work at it's mainly the the demographic is all mexican kids like there's you don't see any other you don't see white kids black kids you don't see asian kids um it's all mexican kids and the lunch lady she'll make like traditional mexican food for the kids and Can I like, go to that school? I don't know, but like sometimes, because I usually bring my lunch to eat. Sometimes I'm like, mm, you know what? I'm just going to go eat some pisole today. Or I'm just nice. going to go uh, get a papusa today or quesadilla or I don't know. Like they make good, and it's good food too. It's like, um, and it's different. They have their menu each, each yeah. day and it's different. And the other cool part is this school, you know how like you're saying like they, uh, a lot of them, they try to push giving fruits and vegetables mm-hmm. to kids. This school has like uh, exotic fruits. Yeah. I don't know where they get these exotic fruits. Which ones? They Like they had, one day they had dragon fruit. No. They give the kids lychees, like, but like fresh Wait. lychees. Huh? Those are like some pretty expensive stuff. Yeah. I don't, and this is not like a, a, a rich neighborhood it's either. Not. I, th- I kind of think this lunch lady has like a little, like a tree in her backyard. <laughs> I don't <laughs> Let's know. Let's not say that because that is probably okay. not legal. Well, where... It, I mean, it is in El Monte, uh, also known as El Monte. I think yes. that's how it's pronounced. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, they have they they have access to a lot of these type of um, produce in their neighborhood. So that's nice. So that is one of the areas, one of the foods that is most federally like. What is that word? Um, you have to follow specific guidelines because mm-hmm. it is the most federally funded meal. Yeah, is school lunches and you have to follow these guidelines. And what's interesting about school food service, that was actually one of my favorite rotations during my internship. Um, you get to I mean, I've always wanted to work with kids. Yeah, but, um, you get to work with kids and then you um, see that. Look, I think it was like if 80 percent of the school is low income. Something along those lines. I think it was 80% of the school's low income. That means the entire school will get free lunches or oh, free really? meals across the board. Mm. Um, I don't remember the actual percentage. I feel like it was 80%, but then it might not be 80%. But if a certain amount of the school is low income and are on free lunch, the entire school will get it. Mm. So that kind of just, it's nice because there's not segregation. I remember growing up where I would get free lunches and then the other kids would have to pay for it. And then um, I was really sad whenever they forgot to pay for it. And so they would have to eat like a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. 
So it's like the saddest thing to see these kids like kind of watch us eat what we're eating and they're eating something else. You know what's sad though? What? When I was a kid, like that was kind of the case where it was like uh, kids would um, like you if you got free lunch, you'd get teased. Yeah, like, that was like, the case too. Though you got the free lunch, your your family's poor. <laughs> yeah, no, that's true. But I mean, because a lot of the kids, I feel like they were a little bit mean. I mean, kids are so yeah. mean. No, still, for me, it it got to the point where, like, I would just I would save up money, like I would find change so I could just buy it. Really? Yeah, I would just so because. I got sick of the kids like talking Mm -hmm. and I remember it was kind of funny too because you mentioned the peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Mm -hmm. I remember there was this time where uh, like my dad, he made sushi for us for Mm -hmm. lunch. I brought it in and and granted like I'm the only like one of the only Asian kids at the school. I I start eating my sushi and then kids are like, ew, what's that black stuff? Gross. What are you eating? And I remember this kid, uh, these two kids actually. Uh, his name was Mark and Bobby, and they're like, they're like the the heroes. They're like, Aww. oh, I'll trade. Uh, I want to try. I'll trade you my peanut butter and jelly for your um, for your sushi. So I traded sushi for a peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Oh my gosh, was it like one of your dad's like um, putomakis? Yeah, putomakis. So it's like it's like a roll, mm-hmm. and so. And they, like a vegetarian we're, role. We're in first grade, by the way. So <laughs> these are some first graders eating some sushi. Uh, and then I'm eating this peanut butter and jelly sandwich. Now looking back, I, th- I see that that was a really bad trade. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, as a kid, I feel like it's okay. As a kid, I was like, thank you guys for trading me. Because now, now uh, it's kind of normalized a little bit. But now looking back, I'm like, y'all ripped me off. <laughs> <laughs> So this kind of just made me think of a random like time growing up. Um, uh, We went to I think it was Gold Rush or something. And Mm -hmm. ever since I was little, I've always thought my mom's food. I mean, to this day, the truth is that my mom's food is the best food on this planet. Oh, it is. (laughs) Um, But she cooks amazing meals. And uh, I think I was in fourth grade when you do Gold Rush in California. What is is that? The gold rush where you go to camp out at where they used to do the gold mining trips and then... Oh, like a field trip. A field trip, sorry. A field trip, that's the word. Um, I thought you were going to like some type of gold rush. No, we were on a field trip and it was like the big trip of the year where um, you camp out for one night and then you go gold panning the next day. Mm. And so the camping, um, part of it, Some parents were making beef stew Uh and I saw the recipe and then the teacher was asking like, this was so back then. I don't even think they can do that anymore. But the teacher was asking like, hey, um, any parents or do your parents want to volunteer to cook and da 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 da. And so I remember asking my mom, I said, mom, you make this dish. So this dish that my mom makes is called bakal. Yeah. Which is a Vietnamese beef stew. But I was like, Mom, um, do you want to make it? Because yours is really good. And this is what they're asking. And she, it was like, thinking about it now, it's pretty sad. She was like, no, it's not going to be good. I was like, what are you talking about? Your food's amazing. And she was like, no, um, our food is going to be too weird for them. Mm -hmm. I was like, what? 
Like, this didn't make any sense to me. I was like, what do you mean our food? Like, what's wrong with our food? But she was referencing, like, the Asian flavors of, like, fish sauce and, like, how we make it, how we prepare it, how the flavors are different. And I was just, like, so caught off guard because I was like, I don't understand, like, Mm. at all. But now, think about it. I'm like, okay, now that I'm older, I see what my mom was talking about, where people are like, ew, why is your food smell? Like, times I do not microwave my food in the office because I'm like, I don't really want to offend somebody's nostrils with my fish sauce right now. But You know, I used to think like that, but now I I actually do want to offend people. Yeah, but it gives, it makes me feel bad because I get nauseated by certain smells. Like, mm-hmm. I don't get nauseated by food too much. I get nauseated by, like, perfumes and stuff like that. So yeah. I feel bad if, if somebody get nauseated by my food, then I'm just like, I'm a jerk too, you know. So but I might go wave it outside. That dish, baka, uh-huh. I don't see it being, like anything crazy it's not it's literally beef stew and there's beef in it it's she puts like cornstarch so it thickens yeah. it there's potatoes there's carrots it's pretty much the exact same thing if as you the, imagine like your traditional beef stew but like way better yeah so i think when i went to the camp and then we ate it and i ate whosoever it was i don't know whose mom made it i don't know but it was not that good I it like was like what style was it like? It was pretty much the same thing, but it oh. was just bland. Mm. It was not, <laughs> it just didn't have a lot of flavor oh. to me. I was just like, eh, I don't really know. A little Becky Tran's mom just doesn't make baka as good <laughs> as your mom? I don't think it was a Vietnamese person. I, oh. I doubt it. I thought you said it was the same. Like beef stew. I mean, at the time when I was growing up, I remember I haven't had like, non-Vietnamese beef stew in a long time but from what I remember beef stew is pretty much baka isn't it oh I I grew up vegetarian so I don't know <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I've ever had beef stew besides baka this does not help <laughs> um sorry uh I don't know what's a good what's the name beef stew little Gretchen Smith's mom sure okay. Gretchen Smith's, Gretchen Smith's ma- mom mom I said it's moth I don't know what that is well it wasn't as good as my mama's. I mean, I, I wouldn't expect it to be. Nope. Have you tried my mom's ball call? No, I have not. Why do you always say that? You have tried her ball I call. Have? You just don't remember for some reason. Uh, I don't know. You tried a lot. I mean, I've had yeah, cur- I feel curry. Like you've I mean, tried a ton every of single times. dish that she's made. See, my mom cooks in this way where she cooks like in advance and she starts prepping in advance Mm -hmm. for like several days. And so I don't know the process. I remember calling her one day, asking her how to make curry and you were there and I pick up the phone and it was like, I'm speaking in Vietnamese. So Vince has no idea what's going on. (laughs) (laughs) Wait, let me tell you. Okay. I just hear that. I like this. uh, And this was also like this, her, uh, Lynn's dad, dad was, was in, he had he was like sick. So then like this is like a serious conversation. I'm like, oh my goodness, what's wrong? Is something wrong? And wait, then, I think the part of it was Vince, Vince, let me get your phone. Was yeah, like the initiation. So I thought phone, something was like conversation. I thought there was something seriously wrong. And then I was like, what's wrong? What's wrong? What happened? He's like, 
Oh, my mom was just giving me her curry recipe. <laughs> <laughs> but I was like, my I pick up the phone and it was during an intense time because my dad was like in and out of the hospital a little bit during that time. So um his we were worried about his health, but then like at that point I knew that he was fine. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, Vince, I guess I didn't update him that dad was fine that day. And um, so my mom calls and I'm just like, and I'm talking to her. And sometimes like we have this relationship where I joke around with my parents a lot, where I talk in a like funny manner and Vince doesn't understand and he can't like pick up the cues because we're speaking in Vietnamese. But then um, I only understand when you when you giggle or laugh. Oh, I was not giggling or laughing. I Sometimes said, there's a lot of yelling. And I, so I don't know. I think I just said to her, I said, Mom, how do you make your curry? You always tell me it's easy, but it's not easy because you do it and I've never seen you do it. And I cook with my like growing up. I just was I lived in the kitchen with my mom. So I cooked a lot with her. I mean, I didn't cook with her, but I helped her prepare a lot. So I was always present. Mm -hmm. But like curry, for some reason, these dishes that take long, like curry, baka, all of her soups and stuff that take long, I didn't watch her make a lot because it would take a lot of time. You were just the little sous chef? I was a sous chef. You are just like, you're just like cutting the onions for it? Yeah. You uh, know, I hate cutting onions. Oh, Maybe that's why I hate cutting onions. Because I always had a cut. <laughs> Your cute little onion cutter. <laughs> no. I think, yeah, but um, I think I just said to her, like, how do you make it? Da -da 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 -da. You always, like, cook and you don't tell me. Like, I'm just joking with her, but Vince can't pick that up. And I'm, and then she's like, okay, let me tell you. And I'm like, Vince. And I just gesture to him, like, and mouth out to him, give me your phone. And so he doesn't understand the context of what's going on so he's just like and i can see the concerned look on his face as i'm seriously like writing things down and i'm like and all i all he hears me saying is uh-huh uh-huh and then what else but in vietnamese and then what else okay yeah so this is all i need but he can't understand that everything's okay as soon as i hang up he's like everything okay what's is your dad okay and i'm like yeah i was just um mom was just showing me how to make curry <laughs> <laughs> but um her cooking is very unique oh the translation problems yeah i think when <laughs> like thinking about um one of the things i like talking about one of the things i hated making the most when i was little was um she would make these like kebabs like skewer sticks um but she would marinate the meat first and then throw it in the fridge and so it'll get really 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 cold uh -huh. And then, like, near frozen, take it out, and then she'll try to, like, bring it back to room temperature. Because it's like we do these things where we cook for our ancestors a lot. Mm -hmm. Part of our cultural upbringing, it's like whenever it's, like, the anniversary of my grandparents' passing, we do, like, a ceremony where we offer food and we cook and then we offer food to our ancestors. Yeah. And so it's, like, a f several days of cooking and preparing. So that's something that my mom would prepare the night before and then throw in the fridge and then take out that morning of to like bring up to room temperature. And then when I wake up, I wake up like still fairly early. And then so, OK, you know your job. So I'll go get the skewer sticks and put those on the skewer sticks. But I hated doing that job because the meat was so cold and my fingers would feel like it's going to fall off like like hypothermia. Oh. It was like frozen fingertips. Wow, oh, man. To this day, I still hate doing that. 
My so, sister, everyone knows I hate doing that. So uh, besides working in uh, food service, what else does a dietitian do? Okay, so food service is like a managerial position. And then the other one would be community dietitian. Community. So what that means is like upbringing of the community, kind of educating on general nutrition, healthy mm -hmm. eating, just things like... Let me take that word back, healthy eating. Um, just general nutrition. Um, but so would an example of that be like someone who works at like WIC? Yes. Oh, okay. So like if for those of you who don't know what WIC is, WIC stands for Women, Infants, and Children. It is also a government-funded program for like underprivileged women who have children up to the age of five who are pregnant or, or pregnant or have children up to the age of five it is a supplemental program where they provide um food and nutrition mm -hmm. education and um support so, so you have community nutrition mm -hmm. and then uh what's it? food service food service and then what you do is and then what i one? do is clinical nutrition uh. so clinical nutrition is working in a sense of we use what is called medical nutrition therapy. Mm -hmm. um, so whatever the, just in the hospital mainly, um, whatever the patient has. So let's say they have like chronic kidney disease. There's a specific way of eating to prevent further damage, to prevent formation of like kidney stones and just form like just things like that. So you basically keep kids alive. So right now to clarify what I do, I work inpatient Mm -hmm. uh, I work in general pediatrics, but I also do uh, rehab. Mm -hmm. So what I mean by rehab, I know like in general from general population back then, I thought rehab as like drug rehabilitation. But yeah. this is like rehabilitation of like a medical condition. So we get a lot of kids who come in for various different things. I've had kids who got hit by a car and yeah. we rehabilitate them back to health. We give them um, physical therapy, occupational therapy, speech therapy. I'm one yeah. of the therapists. Um, but what I'm you focus on is I focus nutrition. on nutrition. Um, okay. So a lot of people don't understand like a kid or anyone gets in an accident. They have a open wound. Mm -hmm. um, they don't understand like, well, why does nutrition need to be involved? And I'm like, uh, of course we do. What do you think rebuilds those tissues? Yeah, It's not magic that makes those tissues go back together. And even if they go back together without a dietitian involved, how do we know that that wound is not going to reopen? How do we know that they didn't obtain enough nutrition to properly remake these healthy tissues yeah so part of it is me i step in to make sure they're getting enough protein enough fluid enough vitamins and minerals and just nutrients in general some people are really stupid no they're not yeah they are i'm they're not stupid they are uninformed informed how many people like i've known so many people like because i i dance i've danced professionally and for a lot of years i've known so many people that well, and I guess even me, I've done this before, too. I've been stupid before, too. It's okay. Uh, I have to. Like, I've seen people that are, they'll, like, injure themselves, right? Mm -hmm. They hurt their back. They hurt their ankle, whatever it is. And then uh, they're like, oh, it's, like, in their head, it's like, oh, it's because I, I need to lose weight, right? Mm -hmm. So then they go on these, like, really unhealthy diets, like, starve themselves pretty much and in order to lose weight so they don't injure themselves in the future but 
then they don't heal correctly. They don't heal, and that injury that could have healed in a you know a month now takes like years. Yep. And maybe it's still not it's still not healed. So now, uh, yeah, your life is pretty bad because now you can't since you're a professional dancer, you can't even make money because you're eating a stupid diet. And uh, yeah. <laughs> That's my rant. That's honestly how you're done with your rant. Rant done. Rant done. Rant over. But yeah, a lot of people don't realize why we get involved. I mean, it's kind of interesting because initially I worked in the adult hospital. Mm -hmm. And um, I feel like in the adult hospital, that was a question that I got asked often. Like, why would, why do we need to consult a dietitian? Um, they, they just have... They're just here because they have a wound. And I'm like, that is exactly why you need a dietitian. Yeah. Um, because we screen patients. Well, on the, in the adult team, we would screen patients. There are certain criteria, and wounds was one of them. If yeah. they have a wound, we will go see them. I think uh, maybe it's because, like, people off the top, like, will associate a dietitian with something that has to do with, like, immediate like your digest digestional digestion not even that track. though it's kind of interesting because um <clears throat> a lot of people i mean in general i don't know about within the healthcare but like if somebody asks me oh what do you do or if they're like oh even like people i know like relatives and stuff yeah. they'll be like oh what do you do now i'm like oh i forgot to tell you but i recently started working at a children's hospital or something yeah and they'll be like what you put kids on diets and I'm like, no. Uh, and they'll say like, you put kids on diets and make them lose weight. I'm like, no, I do not do that. I am far from that. I try to maintain their weight. By the way, that's kind of <laughs> offensive. You jerk friends. and uh, That's uh, very offensive. Yeah. So if you're listening to this and you know me personally, or you know a registered dietitian, please do not say to them, oh, you put people on diets. Oh, <laughs> you make people lose weight. You know no, what? I, I do not do that. I feel like people, they think of a dietitian in a literal sense. They yeah. think diet. You're going to put people on diets. You're trying to, your whole job is making people lose weight. So the thing is, is that the word diet literally just means what you eat. Yeah. What's in your diet, not going on a diet. So, so you're we a need to what take, you eat titian? Yes, a what you eat titian. So like people always hear it's because of like the diet world. They made the word diet and they stole that word from us and they use it in such a negative way. Yeah. But in actuality, when you just think of it, literally, it's just what you eat from day to day. Yeah. Like when I ask people, oh, what do you eat normally? What's what's in your normal daily diet? They're like, oh, I'm not on a diet. <laughs> and I'm just like, that's okay. Um, how about we just do, and then it's called a diet recall. Yeah. So I'm just like, okay, what if we just like see what you eat throughout the day instead of calling a diet recall? Because as soon as I say the word diet, they like go into high alert. Like I'm not on a diet. I'm, I'm never on a diet. And I'm like, that's fine. But mm -hmm. what's in your diet? But um, it's just rephrasing it. Yeah. Yeah. I so mean, what? Like, so people that don't know, what is the difference? Because I think what most a lot of people confuse a dietitian as is a nutritionist. What's the difference between a dietitian and a nutritionist? And would you ever see a nutritionist in a hospital? <laughs> That's a good question, Vince. So. 
our title is technically it's transitioned towards registered dietitian and nutritionist. Uh-huh. Um, so I am both. I am a registered dietitian. I'm also a nutritionist. Yeah. Um, but the difference between a registered dietitian versus a nutritionist, a registered dietitian, we have to go through a lot of school. It's mm-hmm. a minimum of four years of a bachelor's in science. And you take a lot of science classes. My bachelor's degree included like a minor in biology and I also have chemistry. Yeah. And then, um, so you take a lot of like human anatomy classes, physiology. We understand the full on kinetics of the body physiology, like how we break down nutrients, how we break down food. Yeah. Um, not to say that nutritionists don't know that, but after that we have to apply to get matched into a program to do at least 1200 hours of direct supervision of practice. Mm -hmm. So when I say internship, that's what I'm referencing is during my, I think I did like more well over 1200 hours. Mm -hmm. A lot of programs do well over 1200 hours of direct supervision. So you do this minimum of four years of school, 1200 hours of practice yeah and then you have to pass a like board exam yeah and then you get a job after that so this is what's current so it's like a big barrier to entry big big barrier to entry because it's like a nutritionist um i think you just had to read like three facebook articles and then and then just uh you know sign up for this thing online. I mean, technically, you don't even have to. Oh, really? I, anyone could call. There's not like a government regulated anything to become a nutritionist. I mean, my five-year-old. Oh, he's not five anymore. My six-year-old oh, nephew man. could be a nutritionist. So just so you guys know, if you want to become a, di- a nutritionist. You just don't, start saying it. You don't have to read those three Facebook articles. <laughs> you could literally just go out there. And the thing is, is like, um, so back to becoming a dietitian. Just to clarify, um, the four years of school is your bachelor's. Yeah. We are transitioning towards requiring a master's degree as well. Yeah. Um, so master's degree before you could even apply or sit for the RD exam. Yeah. Um, but that internship, that 1,200-hour internship is very, especially in the state of California. state of California is extremely competitive. So... It's very hard to get in. It's not like, yeah, I finished four years. Now I'm going to go into my internship. Now I'm going to. No, you have to. In those four years, you almost have to get like all A's and B's to Mm -hmm. even get considered in an internship, especially in the state of California. During the last two years, if you're not getting straight A's in all your classes, you're most likely. Sorry, it's very difficult to get matched. And it's so competitive and people don't realize how much schooling we have to go through to so, get to where we are. So to sum it up, could you say like a dietitian is a very like credentialed person that um, regulates someone's diet or could consult someone's diet versus a nutritionist? There's no barrier to entry. You could anybody yes. could be it. Yes. And um, I think that's why there's so much like bogus nutritionists out there so it's like um you can go to like sprouts and then someone will give you some nutrition advice and it's like oh yeah what in the world you go to a grocery store and someone's telling you about nutrition nutrition is not 
let me say this again. Nutrition is not an opinion. It is a science. Yeah. It is how your body and how things metabolize, how things work. Yeah. And people don't seem to understand that. Nutrition is one of those things where everybody has an opinion about it. Everyone has something to say about it. Yeah. But who the true experts are the registered dietitians. Yeah. The true experts in nutrition are the registered dietitians. And and for me working just in the dance world or not not just dance world but in the physical fitness type world like mm-hmm. there's a lot of dancers are physically active and just working with physically active people i've met a lot of bogus people yeah i mean i know there's like trends where people will follow specific diets and like yeah. i know that in the dance community especially Especially when that one documentary came out that like kind of blatantly made it seem like veganism is the best diet for everyone across the board. There's no such thing as one specific diet being Mm -hmm. best for everyone. What dietitians specialize in is, is we what dietitians specialize in is that we individualize nutrition care plans. So we base it off of like we kind of talked about this a little bit in the beginning where we were saying like um, I give you a meal pattern and you put in your own tools, you put in your own foods, you freestyle it yourself. But um, I can't just say, Hey, here, eat the Mediterranean diet, right? Uh, Eat, follow this exact pattern. This is what you're going to eat. And then that's not going to work for every single person. Like mm-hmm. that's not going to fly with my parents, my Vietnamese, Vietnamese, Vietnamese parents. Yeah. That's not going to fly. They're like, what are you talking about? They're like olives. I don't want to eat olives. What is that? Oleo? <laughs> <laughs> but um, I think like at one point in the B-boy community, there was a lot of people who were being vegan. And then I, as your significant other, was like watching it from the side because I don't want to get involved because I don't know these people well enough. Yeah. Unless Vince or one of his friends directly said something crazy to me, I will address it. But Well, I don't know if it was in the B-boy. It was just in the community in general. Yeah. But there was a lot of like dancers doing it. And um, not to say that being vegan is bad, but like there were so many people that Didn't know how to do it right. Yeah, they did it really bad and like would would get um super like it looked like they turned into like skeletons like they were getting emaciated so their muscles were breaking down yeah and they were very dehydrated looking and it just looked to me i was just like oh this looks so scary like they need more food and it's, i think a lot of people were like oh my goodness you, you lost, lost weight. weight you look so great you i'm like awesome uh, I, I don't know you look like a skeleton to me <laughs> yeah i mean i think we have a confusion where skinny is healthy, but yeah. that's not the case. And, and so I think many that's people like, think that. Yeah, like I, I think when, um, like, uh, what's that called? Like a lot of like f- people that are getting into like fitness competitions and where they or like stuff where they have to drop like a crazy amount of weight, you really see like a lot of health issues like mm-hmm. arise. And a lot of people look at like someone who's like 
super skinny and like uh, ripped. They're like, oh, that person's so healthy. Yeah. But then they don't see that. Oh man, like uh, they're kind of suffering from some kidney problems. Yeah. And they're uh, the girls are not getting her period consistently. Wow, Vince really listens to me when I, I talk. I do. Apparently. I'm a listener. Because that is one of the side effects of under eating for women and losing way too much weight rapidly and yeah. like not having enough percent body fat. You could not have your period, or you could have a period that's not actually a period. Yeah. Yeah, so you're like having like a, a wasted like period. Like a comma or something. <laughs> Exclamation so, point. In summary, whatever way of eating you guys eat, just eat healthy. Or eat just a well-balanced diet. I mean. Yeah, I mean, sorry, don't eat healthy, but eat a well-balanced yeah, diet. And eat enough. Like, I know we said, like, there was a little bit of touch on veganism. Not saying that it's bad for you not saying that it's the best diet for you but do it right if you're gonna do it do it right don't just i know so many people who are like kale is good for you that's all i'm gonna eat oh yeah kale, I, kale, I, kale. I actually saw this there there's this uh guy i follow and um he looks really he's like really un- unhealthy mm-hmm. right and um i'm pretty sure sh- his health uh, he's a, a public figure and his health i think was kind of getting to him so out of nowhere um he became a uh, vegan and he was like doing it in the worst way possible. He was only eating like kale salads. And this guy's going from eating like, like fried, like Popeyes every day. So he's eating flavorful food. And then now he's eating kale, kale. salads. This guy looks so miserable. And I'm, I'm like, sorry, man, I... like, I mean, yeah, he, do, he does need to change his lifestyle, but mm-hmm. I was like, Man, to go from that to like kale salads, like he literally is he gonna maintain it? That's yeah. the question. And also, he looks so unhappy. Like he looked depressed. Yeah, I feel like I think I just did like a post yesterday about um or the other day about food and how so many people have such interesting ideologies and ideas of food. Mm-hmm. Where I'm a very like mo- everything in moderation kind of person, like exercise in moderation, eating in moderation going out in moderation like having a balance in your life with everything yeah not just food but some people are like oh i can't eat this because this is bad and yeah. i'm just like um is it well it's something you grew up eating like for example i grew up eating spam yeah. spam is something i will never stop eating mm-hmm um i don't eat it every single day i barely eat it like once once a year year. like i eat it once in a while but it brings me pure joy it literally brings me back to just like the old days when we weren't making that much money when spam was cheap food yeah and my mom would like fry it up or like make it in the worst ways manner like she'll fry it up and then we'll put it on white rice Let's throw some fish sauce on there. Yes, we threw fish sauce on there and ate it just like that. Or she would like chop it up and then she'll like stew it for like a long time in more. So it's like very flavorful with like fish sauce, peppers, um, garlic, all these things and super flavorful with white rice. And that's it. No vegetables, anything. Sometimes I think like those like cheap meals where you have to like get creative to make it taste good are the best meals. Yeah, and so part of that is like, I know that this isn't going to be the best nutrition for me, 
but yeah. it provides me with mental happiness. It yeah. provides me with another feeling in my life. And that's right. okay to have it. Like, I'm going to eat it. I'm going to enjoy it in that very moment. But the next meal I have is going to be how I normally eat. I'm yeah. not going to punish myself. I'm not going to go, oh my God, I got to go like do a thousand squats now because I just <laughs> ate some spam. No, I'm just going to continue on with my life and do what I normally and do. I think that's like how the, I think that's how the world thinks right now. They're like, yeah. if I do, if I eat this, that means I need to compensate and no. I got to do all this other stuff. And it's like, uh. No guilt in what you eat. So yeah. if there's anything you can take away from this podcast today is do everything in moderation. Don't feel guilty about what you eat. Move on. If you ate something that you're like, oh my gosh, that you shouldn't even have this thought of, oh my gosh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Just think oh my gosh, this food item made me feel happy or made me feel a little bit like this or whatnot. It's mm. okay. Be with that thought in that moment and then move on. Don't like relish on it and just beat yourself up the rest of the day for it and be like, yeah. okay, now I could only eat kale salads. <laughs> Even though I was planning to have like a kale salad with some chicken on it, I'm not going to have chicken now. Yeah. Don't affect what you're going to do the next moment because of that one action yeah don't become don't become like the rest of social media yeah don't social media over food when i open social media i just see eating disorders everywhere it's okay we can all have a healthier better relationship with food you know what i do what do you do i go unfollow unfollow, unfollow. <laughs> pause 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 Mute, mute, mute. Mute, mute, mute. Unfollow. Mute, mute, unfollow. Depending mute, on the platform. <laughs> Instagram, I'm pausing you. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, thank you for listening to our very first episode of the Healthy Conscience Podcast. If there is any topic you would like us to discuss in the future, please feel free to send me a message, leave a comment, and I will get back to you. And don't forget to follow Lynn on Instagram at the Healthy Conscience. And follow me at B Boy Vinsanity. Oh snap! Darn chings plug. Dun, 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 dun. I didn't say a bad word. Bye. Bye. <laughs>